Greetings, friends, and welcome to Finding Holiness, the channel to help you discover your sacred sanctum in life. I am Rabbi David Kadosh. We are two weeks away from the holiday of all holidays. If you are Jewish and listening to this podcast, at this point in time, there's only one thing on your mind, and that's the holiday of Passover, Pesach in Hebrew. Unfortunately, this holiday is often associated with arduous spring cleaning, lots of food that you can't consume, and overeating of matzah and some maror. These two foods, the former being a crisp and thin unleavened bread with no taste, and the latter a bitter herb, have many metaphorical allusions to why they are eaten on this holiday. Probably the most well-known explanation is that the matzah represents the concept of freedom as now the Jewish people are free from our enslavement in Egypt. And the Mara represents the bitter slavery we encountered during those treacherous years under the Egyptian regime. The law of eating matzah is quite straightforward. The verse says, For seven days you shall eat matzot, and on the seventh day it shall be a celebration for God. In fact, the biblical obligation to eat matzah is only on the first night of Passover, second night as well if you live outside the land of Israel. And the remaining days of the holiday, it remains at your discretion. The eating of leaven, chametz, is prohibited all seven or eight days. The eating of maror, however, is not so clear-cut. Maimonides writes that the eating of maror isn't a biblical obligation on its own. Rather, it's dependent on the eating of the paschal offering, which took place at the time of the temple. When the offering was sacrificed, one was obligated on the night of Passover to eat the roasted lamb with matzah and maror. Today, the eating of the bitter herb remains a rabbinical requirement, even though there isn't a paschal lamb offered in the temple. What is the deeper significance of the maror on Passover night? Why is it that we are commemorating the bitterness of the exile on a night when we're supposed to act like free people? Lastly, for the purpose of this podcast, how can we derive holiness from this bitter herb in our day-to-day lives? The answer to these questions are numerous, but I'd like to focus on one idea brought down from some of our sages. One can only experience redemption when he first tastes the bitterness of exile. In fact, Rabbi Yehuda Aryeh Leib Alter says that the rancor of slavery was, in a way, a mini-redemption. Believing that a new king of Egypt can make life worse, believing that you are subject to the cruelty of a people who bestow no value to life, can only mean that it's part of the master plan. Because if God said to Abraham that your nation would be subjugated for hundreds of years, and only then they will be set free, then the anguish of Egypt becomes part of the salvation. We are told to be grateful towards our suffering because it's that itself which will help us grow to become the nation we are meant to be. It's for that reason that the numerical value of the word maror, totaling 446, which is the same as mavet, death, otherwise representing the strict judgment that we face through our lives. The law is very clear that the maror must be chewed on the night of Passover as opposed to swallowed whole. Why must one chew the maror? We masticate the herb with our 32 teeth, which correspond to the 32 paths of wisdom as brought down by the Book of Formation. And by chewing, we sweeten the innate bitterness of the herb with our saliva. Just as wisdom is the source of our existence, our life is just one giant process of exchanging bitter for sweet, suffering for happiness, pain for pleasure, death for life. Once we finish eating the maror by itself, we combine it with matzah to form a sandwich. Rabbi Samson Rafael Hirsch has a profound explanation for this part of the Seder ceremony. 
We need to remember that there is nobody in this world who doesn't go through struggles in life. No one is immune to life's trials and tribulations. Each one of us experiences maror at some part of our existence, and some more often than others. It's during these moments where we must realize that God is our shepherd and our judge. At that point, we enter an everlasting agreement and pact that when we subdue our bitter stages of life, we promise to value accordingly the precious treasure that awaits us deservingly. A treasure that can be given to nobody else but us. A treasure that can't be taken away from us. A treasure none other than a life of purity with our family, our community, and our nation. These are the possessions that never go obsolete. These are the parts of life that are eternal. It is only through the maror will one appreciate the implications of what Pesach and Matzah stand for. That's why we eat them together. And that's how I found holiness in the bitter herb called maror. Have a happy Passover. Stay tuned for the next episode as we search for meaning and spirituality in another one of our everyday encounters. Catch me on Twitter and Instagram with the handle Finding Holiness. Visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash findingholiness and our website at findingholiness.buzzsprout.com where you can stream and support all our future podcasts. Signing off, I'm Rabbi David Kadosh.